This week's episode of the Fat Packs Podcast is brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and all our phone guests appear on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline. And we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast, and you're listening to it on the Beckett Podcasting Network. And I'm your host, Eric Norton. Guys, I hope you're all having a blessed week. Thank you very much for joining me here this week as we talk cards and the hobby and a little bit of everything else that we want to get into. But, you know, we, we stay on subject most of, most of the time. But uh, it's it's a packed show. I want to get right to uh, right to the interview. So before we do that, let me get you new products and new pricing so we can, uh, we can talk about what's coming up. All right, new products-wise, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy week, and I say it's heavy week because we have uh, a National Treasures release. National Treasures Collegiate is out. It's actually, I like it better than the, uh, than the normal version, the, the regular National Treasures football version because I like the college uniforms. Does anybody else out there like the college uniforms? If so, let me know. I, I just, I prefer, I, I, I'd rather see, I know that the big money is, you know, clearly on the, uh, on the professional side of things, you know, you want that Saquon Barkley in the, uh, in the, in the, in the New York Giants uniform, but give me a Penn State card, man. I, I just love the, I love the college uniforms. So that's out. Uh, Origins football is out. Leaf Flash football is out. Uh, Donruss team sets are out for the, for the Rams and Angels and, uh, I'm sorry, Rams and, and Chiefs and Broncos and it just Lions and it just seems like a jungle out there. Uh, what else? There's one more that I wanted to get to. Oh, Chronicles. Yeah, that's out too. Uh, 2018 Panini Chronicles Baseball is out. That's a, that's a fun little set. It has a little mixture of everything. All that is new this week for you. I hope you're enjoying it. I know that I'm watching Breakers uh, just destroy new products lately. Origins and Unparalleled. Both have been heavily broken, and I'm, I'm thinking that National Treasures is going to be uh, just the same. New pricing-wise, I uh, have a couple of new fo- new ones for you. 2017-18 Upper Deck Premier is priced for you. 2018-19 Upper Deck MVP is priced for you. We have uh, the, the Walking Dead Season 8 Part 1. It's priced for you, thanks to Matt. Good job, sir. We have Leaf Pop Century 2018 uh, is, is priced for you. 2018 Topps Heritage WWE is priced for you. 2018 Topps Chrome Baseball is priced for you. And I hear rumor that Mr. Fleischer is working on getting Optic done for you. Robert, uh, I know that you had a, a question for me. You sent it directly to me on Facebook. Um, the the answer for you asked about why is uh, Optic not priced when Chrome is. It's it's really simple, but it's not so simple if you if you maybe not understand where I'm coming from. So um, 2018 Chrome is actually a little bit easier to price because it's a it's a standard set in the hobby and you pretty much know what you're get, getting with it. Optic is a newer brand, but there's also like 115 or 120 different sets in that brand. So it's it's a little it's a little tough going in and finding the parallel and then you know so one set might have six parallels under it. And you got you got to price all that. So the reason that Topps Chrome was priced before Optic Baseball was because Topps Chrome is pretty cut and dry, and what you're going to get, you're just you know adjusting for rookies and things like that. 
optic takes a little more work. I will tell you though that that uh, that is on its way to being done. I know that it was it was almost completed yesterday. So that is your answer, Robert. Uh, hope that helps you. All right, nice show. Nice show this week. We have uh, our friend Mr. Rich Klein stopped by. He brought some old Beckett T-shirts. We talked about some old days at Beckett. And uh, we talked about his card show. We talked about his thoughts on the national. He's been going for a very long time, and it's just the, his thoughts on the hobby. Uh, Rich Klein is, if you if you, you you read him on Klein's Corner over at GTS, you, he's he's written for us before. He worked for us, so he, he's a he's a known commodity in the hobby, and, and it's nice to get his thoughts. But the big thing there is that you want to. If you're in the local Dallas-Fort Worth area, you want to get out to his uh, sports card show at Adat Havarim that is over the Labor Day weekend, Sunday and Monday. Obviously, um, because of his uh, religious affiliation, there's not, they're not going to have a show on Saturday, but it's on Sunday and Monday over Labor Day weekend. Um, it's a great show. It's a, it's a family-friendly show. A lot of good fun fri- prizes for you just for walking in the door. And it's a dollar donation to get. That's a suggested donation price, but you don't have to pay that if you're not going to, you know, shop around. But it's he'll. I'm, well, I'm, I'm not saying you don't have to pay. What I'm saying is he'll help you out. You know, it's not something that he's going to uh, uh, beat down your door for if you're not if you're just getting there visiting. And he's not going to beat you down for a dollar. But if you pay the dollar, you get a, you get a prize bag, and there there's some pretty awesome prizes that are being donated to, by, you know, by Panini and by other dealers and. It's a, it's a fun little thing to get. The the uh, anchor prize is a Guy Lafleur autographed game ready jersey. Uh, we talk about that in the interview. But if you don't know who Guy Lafleur is, just know that it's it's a it's a pretty awesome giveaway. Later in the show, we have uh, Mr. Ty Aldinger, Tyler Aldinger. He is um, owner and operator of Battlefield Box Breaks out of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I loved it. I had, I got a little geeky on you. Uh, during the interview and asked a few ghost questions because I like ghost stories. So uh, he's coming up a little later after after Rich. We talk, we talk breaking, we talk eBay breaking, we talk uh, shipping and having supplies ready and you know how, how you stay competitive in a market that is pretty watered down with, a, with just breakers everywhere. So it's, uh, we've, we've kind of had a breaker theme this month, not, not on purpose. It's just, it's just kind of happened. So I hope you guys uh, enjoy that one too. All that is this week. Next week, I'm I'm working on a, a, a bigger a bigger guest. By bigger, I mean somebody who maybe used to be a fat pack, but I don't know if he's going to say yes or not. I hope that he will. He's got some exciting news uh, on his end, so uh, I hope that he says yes. And if he does, he does. And if he doesn't, well, we all know where to find him, anyways, right? All right, guys, thanks for hanging out. Enjoy these interviews. First up, Rich Klein, and on the back end, we have Ty Aldinger of Battlefield Box Freaks. You guys hang tight, and we'll be right back. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Curtis Helton from First Row Collectibles, and you're listening to the Fat Tax Podcast. All right, joining us next on the Fat Packs Podcast is my good friend. I'm going to call him a friend. I, I feel like uh, I feel like we're friendly, sir. Are we not? We are very friendly. You can call me your friend. I'm everybody's friend in the hobby. Awesome. Thank you. Is Mr. Rich Klein. You know that voice. It's very distinctive. Uh, he is a longtime Beckett legend. He is a baseball card legend. And uh, right now, he is uh, he's kind of a man about town legend. What's up, Rich? How are you? I am good. How are you? You know, And I'm excited because you all at Fat Packs have really helped me all over the years. Even when Derek was hosting the show, sure. you, you've always let me promote 
what's really near and dear to my heart, which is the upcoming show we have at Adat Havarim, mm-hmm. which we do twice a year now. And it's a card show where everybody gives us material and we give it back to collectors. Sure. We have amazing prizes. We stuffed 200,000 cards into bags last Sunday. Wow, that's a lot yeah, of cards. Yeah, I mean, there was an action photo, except we were all posed. <laughs> On Facebook, I had somebody take a photo while we were doing it, and we just sure. stood you know, but, you know, behind the table, and we literally did 200,000 cards into bags on Saturday. We have plenty more, uh, you know, on Sunday, I'm sorry, not Saturday, and we have plenty more. We have tons of great prizes. Awesome. And including our anchor prizes is a game-ready Guy Lafleur signed jersey with authentication and a 1984 Nestle's uncut sheet set, which has a Mattingly wow. and a Strawberry Rookie on it. I'm sure, you know, I know the sheets aren't in perfect condition, but mm-hmm. Maddenly and Strawberry aren't on the edges. You know, if, to be honest, if you professionally cut up the sheets, yeah. you'll probably do very well <laughs> if you're the lucky winner of the set. Very nice. Now, this is, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the second time in a row that you've had an anchor prize of a hockey jersey, right? This is, we have a very nice young man by the name of Daryl Houston Smith. I may be getting his middle name wrong. Mm-hmm. He and his wife write hockey fantasy books. Okay. So if you're into hockey, I'll give them a plug. And they donate, they donate us a hockey jersey each year. And they have one more for next year unless... You know, we don't give it away this year. In fact, last year we would have been happy to give it away, except the person who pulled the hockey jersey to win it was the guy, was the young man who donated it to us. And he didn't (laughs) really want to take it back. So we still have it. And I even kidded when I told him, I said, I guarantee you, you're the one to pull it out. He goes, Not a chance. He's the one that pulled it out. Very nice. So let me, I want to ask you this question about that because um, we're, we're not such a cr- hockey crazed town here in the DFW area. We love our stars, but you you say a name like Guy Lafleur, you you know who that is. I know who that is. If you're a hockey historian, you know who that is. But when you when you put an anchor prize out there like that, do you find that the common guys excited excited about it? Yes, because they, they all they have to do is in today's world look it up on their phone sure. and see what the value is, and they say, you know what, I may not know who this guy <laughs> is. I may pronounce him Patrick Roy or something sure, like that. Sure. When the stars moved here to Dallas in 93. Right. We knew who the real hockey fans were and who the front runner hockey fans were by how they pronounced Patrick Wa's name. Patrick Wah. If they pronounced it Patrick Roy, we knew, uh oh, they're, they're they're new. They're front runners, huh? Yes. <laughs> Mike Medano. <laughs> yeah, oh, we had that too. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this uh, the show a little bit. You, you you mentioned the giveaways, you mentioned how many cards you packed away, but what is this going towards? It goes towards the Brotherhood or the men of Adat Havarim, okay. their charitable efforts. Our spring show money goes to send people to summer camp, send okay. young kids to summer camp. Our fall show usually ends up going to people to give them gift cards. We usually give it to Jewish Family Services. And for the holiday seasons, they always give a lot of people in need sure. gift cards. Okay. So this money goes to gift cards for people basically for the holiday season and other synagogue charitable efforts. We do a lot around town, you know, in Plano. And so sure. we've over the five years we've been blessed. We used to have, before we started the show, which I blurted out one day, let me <laughs> run a show. I'll make you $500. Right. We've done a lot better than that, thankfully, over the years. Very nice. We've gone from... How are we going to raise money 
to what are we going to do with the money we've raised? Awesome. Which is a much better problem to have. It, it is. <laughs> do you have tables still available? I know yep. I know a couple of local guys are setting up, but do you have more tables? Yes, we still have a few tables available. It's not quite sold out, but I actually in March oversold it slightly, so I don't want to oversell, but we always have tables. If worse comes to worse, my tables can always go away. Okay, there you go. So if they need to, if someone hearing this would like to set up, they just contact yourself. They just contact me. Uh, you'll, you, you'll, they'll be, they'll be able to contact me through you. I'll let okay. them do it that way. Awesome. We can definitely get that set up. Um, now, uh, I wanted to ask you this: you've you've brought in signers and guys from out of town to set up tables. Do you get, do you have any uh, out of town guys coming in this time? Because yes, I know it's a yes, big attraction. Yes, we do. We have a gentleman coming in from Louisiana. I believe we have one coming in from Oklahoma, and we probably have one coming in from Arkansas. So we do have a nice mix of people who normally don't do shows. We also have a Beckett legend who's yeah. no longer <laughs> part of the corporate. He's still part of the Beckett corporate world, but not at Beckett uh, doing the show. One William T. Sutherland. Sure, that he's a, he's a, he's always got nice stuff. And speaking of nice stuff, you were given this show when you were given some high praise back at the. Uh, Industry Summit by one Mr. Jim Beckett. Go ahead and lay that out there. I know you're very proud of it, and you know I, what? I'm proud of you for having it. So I am very <laughs> proud. At the last Labor Day show, Dr. Beckett quietly sits at the front. You know, sure. and, you know, and even at the National, he quietly sits at people's tables by cards. Right. Nobody really knows it's him except for a couple people. Exactly. And he's very mellow. He just they give him a price point. He goes, okay, fine. And he loves playing with new stuff and stuff he hasn't seen before. He's sure. seen most of the old stuff. He actually enjoys what he hasn't seen. Well, it added up. We had so many cards at the last show. Of course, we've gotten about 600,000 since then, so we still have <laughs> right. the same issue, which is, again, a good problem to have. He literally ended up with, for about a $20 investment, a bunch of prizes and 10,000 cards. Wow. Needless to say, he thought that was backing up the truck. Sure. And for us, it's wonderful that we're re-getting cards back into the community. Sure. Even people like Dr. Beckett, and I know he pulled a couple things for himself out of it too for his own collection. Right. So it's very exciting, but we've always kept the price point at a very low level. Mm-hmm. It's a dollar for the suggested donation. Mm-hmm. And that gets you the bag, and we are evolving. The prize slip won't actually be in the bag, but we'll have a hopper or something at the prize table, and you'll be able just to reach in, and you'll be able Ah. to select your own prizes. We realized that stuffing all those bags with prizes was probably not the uh, best use of time, so we're, we're trying something different. If it doesn't work, we'll go back to the old way of putting this prize slip in the bag, and... You know, and we want people to be happy. And it's a dollar, it's a dollar for extra bags. But one beauty with that show is that, you know, if you don't want the bag, you just want to come, you just, mm-hmm. we will let you in if you don't want anything. Sure. It's, it's free to get in. We're, you know, one of the uh, code words at a dot hoverine, we're a community of friends. Mm-hmm. We're not going to turn down somebody if they don't want to make a suggested donation. Sure. You're going to come in, you're going to enjoy yourself. And we even have hot dogs, chips, and soda for $4 for a package lunch. All beef, by the way. All beef, yes. All beef. <laughs> Just because of where you're at, obviously. Yes, you don't correct. want anybody to show up expecting otherwise. So, But what I was getting at was uh, was Jim gave you some high praise about your show being yes. one of the best in the community. And it's coming from Jim. That's, that's, that's yeah, really nice. And it really is the only local show he goes to Okay. other, th- other than the national. Unless he happens to be out of town at, there's a weekend of some big show somewhere, which rarely happens. Sure. He doesn't go to shows anymore. He goes to the National, yep. catches up with his friends, 
sits down, enjoys buying cards because he loves playing with mm-hmm. them. And he comes to my show because he has so much fun at it and he likes supporting charitable causes. Sure. And he gets something out of it. Of course. Um, I've, I've mentioned it here before uh, on this show as we've talked about the National and how Jim Beckett just shows up at your table and you, you don't know it. But um, to that, on my flight up, was it was just a star-studded affair of people. Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, Rich Gosling, Randy White. Uh, everybody was on that plane, right? They're all up in first class, and we get to the very back of the plane, and there sits Dr. Beckett reading a book, you know, just waiting for the plane to take off. And I, that's what I love the most about Dr. Beckett is he's just very, very unassuming. He's a very quiet man, and he's, he's a very sweet person. But you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it's him unless you just know it's him. Well, you know, as the old expression goes, he's comfortable in his own skin. Yes, very much. He's very confident of himself. He does have an ego, like everybody else. But I think in his case, he deserves to have the yeah, ego. Yeah, he's, he's he's well he's well deserved. <laughs> he's well deserved. Now, uh, let's talk about some things that you brought in. Uh, some old T-shirts from your Beckett days back in the '90s. Some very interesting pieces. Uh, We'll talk about all three of them, but I want to start with that Beckett auction piece uh, T-shirt be, or shirt rather, and tie it back into the National. This was from the first time Beckett auctions had a, a set up at the National, right? Correct, and I I want to say it's 1998. My oh. memory's a little off, but I think it was 1998. Okay, and we ended up being commissioned through the efforts of Mike Jasperson mm-hmm. uh, to run, be to have Beckett auction run an official auction in conjunction with the National. There you go. And Mike got us a Wagner through the nice. efforts. Yeah, we had, it was an amazingly successful auction. But the shirt I brought in was a shirt. We also had people in a phone bank, such as me back here in Dallas, taking phone calls and relaying them. We all had to wear a Beckett, the Beckett shirt. It's a very nice shirt. Yeah. But it, it doesn't say auction services, but it's really the first Beckett auction services shirt. That's really and cool. And we've been doing Beckett auctions for, what, 20 years now? 20, yeah, just about, just about. And then the other two are very one's – one's a very dated shirt. It says 1992 on it. I say dated because it says 1992 on it. But was that the first Beckett branded no, collared shirt? No, actu- shirt? actually the first Beckett branded shirt, which I'll bring in next time, okay. is – was came out in conjunction with the 1990 National. Okay. And it's a white shirt. And I just didn't have enough time to dig in my closet to get that out. <laughs> Understood. So I only dug a few things out. I'll bring you more for the, you know, for next March. Sure. And but that's a cool shirt. It's dated. I mean, we're figuring out. I'll let you decide how you want to deal with them, but sure. I figure it's a really cool prize Beckett memorabilia. Right. You know, not too many people probably still have those shirts. I might, you know what? A couple of those I might just hang up here in the studio because they're really cool. Yeah. Especially now that last one I want to get to is the first Beckett online T-shirt, Becky World. That's Beck- where, where did that name come from? Beck World. Because Beck World. I'm sorry. Beck World. We weren't Becky. We weren't really. I think we were trying to do things. That's 1995. Okay. And Fan Fest was in town, and to uh-huh. show how long ago it is, and if I get the type of thing wrong, mm-hmm. I apologize. But I believe it was like an ISBN line or something like that you used oh, to wow. plug in a computer. And we were the only people at the 95 Fan Fest who requested in the whole vendor area, and there were like a couple hundred tables, they requested an ISBN line. Really? That's how long ago it was that computers were like a foreign concept. You know, we used wow. it for work. Sure. But we, you know, and what we did is we 
showed people how they could do checklists. Okay. We weren't even having pricing online, really. It was sure. more player checklist at the time. Oh, you're looking for cards of so-and-so. Here's a checklist to go sort them. Right. Because we were, you know, we already had the checklists. We were doing alphabetical books. I'm sure. <laughs> and from those books, those books, we were able to put the checklists, you know, online. Sure. And we got them online, and all of a sudden, boom, you know, people started saying, wait, this is really cool. I can get a checklist. Well, we, we all know what... Beckett.com is today. Exactly. I mean, how many millions of cards do you all have now? Millions and millions <laughs> and millions. <laughs> it's so many. And it, there's, it seems like there's more added every day. So well, There always are. You're, you still work on what sports? Hockey. So we were talking about hockey earlier. Right. And even though hockey's a little calmer than most sports, you still have plenty of sets. Exactly. And then with, you know, the 2018-19 products are coming out. You know, they, the first one was let, released two weeks ago. So as the season ramps up, it's just one right after another, but guys like Brian who work on baseball and basketball, you know, and especially football, football is continuous and it just doesn't stop. Right. And that's because football has become truly a year long sport. When I worked on football in the early nineties, there was like a break between the Super Bowl and July. We sure. had no new sets. We could actually focus on figuring out who right. needs to go where and what. Now you have draft pick sets. You have all these sets. Mm-hmm. They still come out all year. And the higher value sets come out later in the year. Right, exactly. And So I'll, you brought that up, and I want to ask you about this because I'm wondering myself. Everything's done online now, and we have a pricing team that, you know, there's six of us here. There's, there's a team uh, that we have uh, that does a lot of the gathering for us. But before... I, I've been told, tell me if it's wrong, there was like 25, 30 of you guys in the department and you, it was a constant team effort, uh, finding, scraping, uh, checklisting, that kind of stuff, correct? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, in the early 90s, we weren't really finding and scraping. We were reading the okay. old Sportsnet, okay. looking for things, and we'd read the old Sports Collector's Digest where there were lots 400 pages of ads each week. Sure. Good luck. You know, my hands were always, if you, whoever had the... <laughs> And it was usually me, whoever had the wonderful task of making photocopies. Sure. You'd have to wash your hand after 400 pages of, uh, oh my goodness. of print. And, wow. you know, there were things like that. We traveled to shows. I was American Gold f- from 1991 until 2002. Really? So we traveled to a ton of shows. The show travel was one of the biggest expenses in the company. We'd spend 100000 a year mm-hmm. on show travel. I mean, wow. that doesn't even count the national. Sure. <laughs> you know, so that tells you we were out there and it's a different world today. And, you know, Absolutely. You, you, your team that you have that helps you accumulate the information you then do, I'm told, I remember Dan used to praise them to the sky. I know Brian says mm-hmm. good things about them. You know, from if I remember, the head of the group knows more about Michael Jordan cards than anybody in this country. He is the <laughs> He, is, he has the largest Michael Jordan collection uh, in in all of India. I can tell you that much. Yes. <laughs> it, it's very impressive what he can do uh, with that one player. Uh, he is a constant buyer of Michael Jordan cards. You know, and that's great that you know when you have somebody who knows cards. 
Sure, right, doing, exactly. Maybe not doing the analysis, but understanding what you all need to get scraped and what all information you all need from the big auctions. Sure. That's a big help because that saves you so many steps and lets you do the superstar work that an Eric Norton does. I don't know if it's superstar work, but <laughs> thank you for the kind words. Uh, let's get back to the national a little bit because we're coming right off of it. You you were at a lunch earlier today where you, uh, you had a follow-up about it, and now I want to ask you – what do you think the National got right this year in Cleveland? This was my first time in Cleveland. So what do you think the National got right this year that was maybe different from last year in Chicago? Well, one thing the National gets right, and we can plug my column at the same point, sure. the Klein's Corner for GTS. I have a blast writing it. It was originally supposed to be designed to be once a month. And sure. I, meanwhile, it's been cranking the last few at once a week. Sure. Hopefully I can get back to once a month, which I like a lot easier for sure. me. But the breakers were in the same room as the show floor. Right, that And helps. there's an energy with the breakers. And when Mike Eisner is sitting with the guys from PSA, uh, sure. Tom Zappala and Rico Petroselli, who do that, that show for PSA, right. pardon the pun of, of – <laughs> That's fine. Okay. And, you know, and they're opening this pack. Right, yes. And – Mike Eisner, who I know from New Jersey, sure. and said hi to me when I called him. And I had admit, I had forgot who he was, but he remembered me. Awesome. So we talked to him a couple days before that. And when Mike's, Mike's hands are shaking and Layden puts the card in the pack and he lets out the roar. Right. You could hear the roar everywhere in the show. Sure. And I pulled mantle cards when I was young. I'm old enough to have done that. <laughs> I tell the story in 1987. I'm in John Brogy's store working for him one day a week. John, I should mention, is one of the co-owners of the National. Right. And I pulled the 1960 Mickey Mantle card out of a pack. And there nice. were only six of us in the store. So sure. I couldn't really scream. It didn't really – Right, right. It wouldn't have the same thing. But that, to me, was one of the most exciting things at the show was the sheer energy that comes from the breaking. Of course. That, you know, in Chicago, they're in a separate room. Yeah. You're in the same room with everybody. Yeah. I mean, you're at the corporate booth. You're at the same room. But you're also, when, when you do your podcast, mm -hmm. you were in the same room. Right. And I thought that added a lot. The yeah. room was very nicely laid out this year. I, I didn't get lost for once. I loved the way it was laid out because, and I, I've said it in other shows, but you could move. Yes. Like what, you weren't right on top of each, each other. Exactly. The room was beautifully laid out. Uh there are some things they have no control over at the National, sure. the cost of parking. You oh, have wow. to park to get to the National. Yeah. In Chicago, you can take the train if you so desire sure. and walk, or you can even park at the MTA station mm -hmm. You know, if you don't want to park right there, and it's a eh, quarter mile. Yeah, it's not far. It's close enough, and so it's $5 to park at the MTA station sure. or $6. It's so... That's something the National had no control over. I also don't think they had a lot of control over the sheer heat in the room on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> caused warm. by how many people were in the room. Exactly. Which, as we've said frequently today, is a good problem to have. Yes, it is. Seeing the two things the buzz in the room, like you were just, the energy that was uh, going on was a definitely a, a positive one. I don't. I sound like I'm going to wash his balls a little bit, but when Gary Vee's walking around the floor buying stuff, you know this is this this man is a is a well known businessman, right? And right. he's a real well known motivator. He's out walking the floor buying buying up San Donald rookie cards. It's it's pretty impressive, you know. So we bringing in personalities like that, 
and the signers list they had was good, but it was just a good positive vibe around everybody with what was going on in the hobby. And it was really, really nice. And we've caught a break in the last couple of years. We've had amazing rookie classes in just yeah. about every show. You know, and I'll tie it back to my synagogue show, Panini, who's always sent us wonderful stuff. Kevin Hake, who used to work here, mm -hmm. gave me a row box of Panini Vanguard sample packs to hang out. Very nice. Right. Well, I was just going to hand them out. I ended up making a few of them special prizes after I looked on eBay and saw what they're asking for, like the Donovan Mitchell on the back. I said, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think we'll make that one a prize. Sure, sure. And then the other thing I wanted to get out was like one thing they couldn't control was the parking or the heat in the building. Um, it was, I've never been to the IX Center except for this one time. And like you said, with Cleveland, you, you just have to park there. I think just for my money, I think they could have put it in a, like downtown. I would love it to be in the down. I, I went the Fan Fest in 97, which okay. I attended, was at the convention center downtown. Okay. It is a wonderful facility. It would fit us. Sure. Here's the, here's the real issue, dollars and cents. Uh, you know, how much does it cost? Sure. And, you know, I and I will support, and John, and I talked to John briefly at the show about this, and we've talked about this on other times. Sure. The National only has X amount of places it can go to. Right. It also has only, believe it or not, probably a window of four to six weekends it can go to, two of which they can't even use. Okay. Which is July 4th and FanFest weekend. Right. So they literally have a weekend, they literally have a four to six week window mm -hmm. that they can have a National and otherwise kids go back to school, you can't get everybody. So they have to not only find... A place. Right. It has to be affordable. They have to want us. Sure. You know, one thing with Atlantic City, Atlantic City wants us. Mm -hmm. Atlantic City will bend over backwards to do whatever it can to help the national. Is that because Atlantic City wants any anybody, though, that will come? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I mean, it's hard to get to Atlantic City from here. You right. either have to fly to Philly and take a one-hour drive, mm -hmm. or you take Spirit Airlines. Oh, I'll take to Philly every day. Thank you. So will I. <laughs> but it's hard to get there from here. But if you're coming from the East Coast, everybody knows what Atlantic City is. Sure. And so, and they want it, and they want people to come. So they will help the national in any way they can. Sure. Dallas would be wonderful for you and me. Right. But there's not quite enough going on downtown. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a let's face it, it's dead on the weekends downtown Dallas. Some, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. You know, and also. It's kind of hot. It's going to be really hot in the summer. We exactly. had 110 couple, you know. Sure. What if you have the 110 week, the week of the national? It's not good. That's not and good. so there are issues with certain places. But I know they would like, you know, this would be a natural area. Beckett's here. Leaf's here. Panini's here. Heritage Auctions are here in Dallas. Sure. It's, you will get enough corporate help to make Dallas a good place for a national. Sure. It's just – and it's easy to get there from here. You know, right. it's easy to get here from there. Right. We have a good airport. We right. have a great airport. We have an easy transportation from the airport downtown. Sure. It's not hard to get here. But, you know, there's other issues. I think, I think also – and not, not to sound snooty or anything like that, but all those companies that you just mentioned, they are here. We're here, right? And it, the national being elsewhere gives us a chance to get out elsewhere, right? We can – you could come here all day and we can talk to you all day long and I can show you the vault and we can sit down in here and have this conversation. But us being able to get out to the other you know, 90% of the market is important. Absolutely. And that's 
that's when we talked about show travel. Mm-hmm. When the early '90s, when the, you know the internet wasn't the internet before Al Gore invented it, so to speak. Sure. You know the internet. <laughs> yes. If was that's how we got out. That's how we met people. I actually TriStar now is doing three or four shows a year. Right. But they they tried to do shows all around the country, and I went to a bunch of them. And on one of them, I waited online outside. Oh wow! And just to get in, I already had my pass. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Rosenberg or Bobby Mintz asked me, why are you waiting online? I said, because if I wait online and nobody knows who I am, I can hear what collectors are actually talking about. Sure. And I thought that was very important to go out and meet new pe- you know, to mm-hmm. meet new people, just hear the conversations. Sure. Because you, co- you pick up a lot in casual conversations, as they say about work. Where do you get 90% of your ideas? The off-the-cuff the, off hallway discussions. Sure. So with that being said, Rich, what are collectors talking about? Uh, they're talking about prices of cards. You know, mm-hmm. They're talking about how excited they are about all the new players. Mm-hmm. If they're vintage, they're talking about you know, adding to their collections. Sure. There's a lot of positive energy in this business right now, which is wonderful. You know, locally, they're talking about the synagogue show right. because they, you know, they go to other shows, but they know that that one's like a quiet, under-the-radar, like, oh, this is the one that I get good stuff fed and I don't have to pay very much. You know what I like about your show? I've been a few times... I could bring my kids, and it's not a big deal. Oh, you know? we want kids. We exactly. love, we're, we're kids friendly. Exactly. We you, truly are kid you, friendly. Yeah, we truly are. <laughs> but I, I love that I can I can come and and I can you know my my young my oldest son is eight. My youngest is is almost two, and I can come and we can we can just enjoy the show, and you know it's not a it's not a problem. No. I feel like with bigger shows and like the national. It's almost too chaotic to have my kids there because you know I'm I'm watching the kid and everything else, right? With your show, it's it's just big enough to where I can bring my kids and have a good time. I can bring my whole family out. Even my wife doesn't mind coming, so it's very nice. Well, we have we have, we're family friendly, literally yeah. family and kid friendly. We have, you know, we have places for people to sit who don't want to come in the floor. Sure, you know, if your wife doesn't want to pay to come in, we're certainly not going to prevent her from coming in with you. Sure. You know? I'm not going to do that. I don't even do that at my other shows too. Right. You know, my, my standard line is who's the, you know, if, you know, you come with your two kids. Okay, who are the collectors here? Right. One, two. Okay. You two pay, you two you two come in for free. Exactly. You know, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to do that, which is very important. All right, let's set up the set up one set me up one more time, Rich. Where's the show at? Give me the it, hours and uh, all the Good pertinent information. It's at a Dot Havarim Synagogue, okay. which is located in the shopping center mm-hmm. on the northeast corner of Spring Creek and Independence in Plano, 6300 Independence Parkway, mm-hmm. Plano, Texas, 75023. Uh, the hours are Sunday, 10 to 4, Monday, 11 to 3. That's Labor Day weekend. Sure. You know, and please understand the difference. We can't be there on Saturday, which right. is why we're Sunday, Monday, and not. Sure. And uh, we do have a few tables available. I even lowered the prices from last year's two-day show. Okay. So it's one of the biggest bargains in the hobby. It's $60 for a wall table for the two days and $50 for the big 10-people round banquet tables for the two days. Of course. Which some shows you can't even get that right. <laughs> for one day, and we're giving that to you for two days. Very nice. And we everybody who comes in to pay the suggested donation of $1 gets a bag. You'll pull a prize slip when you come to the prize table, 
And all additional bags were $1 each. And last year, the first gentleman that came to the show bought 40 bags, enjoyed it so much, he bought another 25 bags. <laughs> That's before whatever Dr. Beckett bought. Sure. <laughs> very nice. Very, very nice. All right, uh, Rich, thank you very much for stopping by. I love when you come by because we can talk Beckett history. We can talk cardless history. And uh, I can give you a platform to promote your show, which is a very good one. It is Fat Pack approved. Um, I'm going to have to get out there and set up. I've done that once with you guys. That's so correct. I need to do it again. Uh, Sunday, if you come this year, Sunday is always better than Labor Day. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll just come out with a microphone and that just sounds do, some, like a plan. do some interviews. All right. Thank you very much Thanks. for joining me, Cher. You guys hang tight, and we'll be right back on the other, than, other end of this break. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to The Fat Pack. All right, joining us now on the Fat Packs podcast is uh, my new friend. We're having a kind of a breaker month. We've had, I think, we've had nothing but breakers on this month, at least for the main interview. And uh, this week's going to be no different. This is Ty Aldinger from Battlefield Breaks. Uh, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I mean, I really appreciate you uh, you, you having some flexibility here uh, with your schedule today, being able to jump on a little bit early. I really appreciate that. Um, th- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this interview the, the same way I do every other interview I have. Ty, tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been involved in the hobby. So, um, so yeah, I've been uh, – so uh, I know it kind of sounds redundant just like everyone else, but I, you know, I was in the hobby – uh, big time when I was younger. I am uh, I'm 28 now. Um, as a kid, you know, collecting a lot of the cards. So I, uh, um, what was big for me collecting was uh, baseball. Um, so Ken Griffey Jr. Absolutely, and uh, and basketball um, with with Michael Jordan. Um, the football really wasn't big uh, for me uh, back at that point, and uh, and collected up through the years and and. Um, uh, kind of got away from it as I got older. Um, I was playing a lot of sports. I uh, didn't really have a lot of free time. Um, all of it was thrown at sports. Um, and then just recently, uh, I would say within the last um, two years, I got involved back in um, uh, really with with the Facebook groups. Um, and that's how I got back into it. it one of the uh, one of my coworkers uh, um, was talking about collecting cards and, and eBay and, and baseball and sports cards, and, and I thought, I, to, to be honest, I'm like, wow, they're, they're still doing all right? They're still doing well? <laughs> um, and then, you know, you find, you find all these uh, Facebook groups, and it is booming right now. It really is, man. And you say Facebook groups. My God, there's there's a there are a dime a dozen. You can you can find one for almost any kind of collecting you want to do, whether it be a single player or lots or you know breaking. You guys are all over uh, all over Facebook. Collectors in general are, and uh, breaking on Facebook seems to be. You know, it's not it's not a new thing. There, there's guys out there who've been doing it for a long while, and then it's such a competitive market. You know. Picking the right breaker always comes down to trust and, and you know, some some cases loyalty and some cases price point. But what what made you want to jump in on Facebook and start breaking on Facebook? So, like you said, the breakers are are all over, all over the place. It seems like you know there's ten starting up every day, and there's nothing wrong with it. That's great. Sure, I think it's 
um, I think it's great because you're getting more and more people exposed to to collecting and, and, and all different types of sports cards. Um, uh, you know, it, it, what really got me into it was, um, uh, and it's it's kind of a cool story, is uh, there's a local card shop, and uh, um, I ended up, uh, he, I got to know him through my full-time job. I'm in sales, so I was cold calling and, and met this shop, and uh, um, just talking about the cards he had, and, and uh, some of the cards had been sitting there for some time, and uh, I ever I asked him, hey, have you ever tried to sell something on Facebook? Um, and he said, no, but uh, if I wanted to give it a shot, he he you know he said pick a card and and go ahead and and try to sell it for me. Um, he told me what his asking price was, and he said, hey, if you sell for more than this, everything above and beyond it is yours. Nice. Um, so I actually uh, he had given me a I can't remember the year, but it was a it was a Mike Trout uh, National Treasure patch booklet. Uh, autograph. Um, and, uh, uh, I sold it for more than what he was asking for it. And, uh, it had been sitting there for a few months and I sold it in less than 24 hours. And, uh, what was funny was that was, I knew about breaking. Uh, but the cool part was what I sold it for that, what I made off of it was, uh, was basically my starting capital. For oh, breaking. there you go. Very um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike Trout hooked me up. <laughs> Well, you know he's he's a Philly kid, so you're not completely out of the area there. Are you are you directly in in, in the Gettysburg area? Yeah, I'm about. Uh, well, I would say I'm about ten minutes outside of Gettysburg. Okay, so um, I'm going to get a little geeky on you and a little uh, little nerd. And outside of col- of collecting and um, sports, like one of my favorite things are ghost stories. So. I'm going to ask you about just just for my own personal preference. I don't care if anybody else likes it on the podcast uh, or listening to the podcast. Are the are the ghost stories real? Have you been to Gettysburg Battlefield and and, and like experienced something weird? Oh man! There, so the cool thing is, if you drive, so right now summer is tourist time um, in Gettysburg. The uh, so I was a history minor in college. Okay, um, so all this stuff is, is really cool to me. Um, so the. Uh, um, the, the anniversary of the battle, I think, is, is beginning of July. Um, so at that tourist time and everything, and there are ghost tours. Um, and when I say ghost tours, it's people walking through sure, sure. Uh, Gettysburg, showing them historic areas where the ghost, is, uh, ghost stories occur. Um, but I'll tell you, a couple of years ago, I went to the battlefield and uh, took a picture at night, uh, close to night, not fully at night, the sun was going down, and there was nothing but orbs. Really, very nice. Absolutely, I, I'm not lying about that. That is that is true. I wish I still had the picture, uh, but it was on an old flip cell phone, so I don't have it anymore. Sure, <laughs> that's that's great. I'm sorry, everybody listening. I geeked out. I had to have my own personal moment because I'm, your your Facebook group page, Battlefield Breaks, is a freaking genius play on like where you're at, and it's kind of a kind of a little little inside joke maybe I don't want to call it an inside joke but just kind of a little insider information for for people who are familiar with the area it makes total sense but for those who are not familiar with uh, the Battle of Gettysburg which you're probably in fourth or fifth grade and you shouldn't be listening to this podcast um, you they might not know so it's just really it's really well done I told you off air I liked it a lot but you've done a really good job just bringing like your little piece of the of the country to what you do that's really cool man good job 
Absolutely. Thank you. So I'm, I'm sorry. I washed your balls there for a minute. My bad. Uh, so uh, <laughs> what was – you said you collected when you were a kid. What, what was – you said baseball and basketball. What was it that – what was the set that pulled you into it? What, what, what got you in? You know, I don't think there was a particular set. Um, I, I was uh, – still I am, but uh, as a kid – um, you know, in elementary school and everything, as they're growing up, um, you know, we used to be outside playing, uh, playing wiffle ball till, till dark. And, uh, you know, everyone had their favorite player and everyone fought over who got to beat Ken Griffey Jr. in the wiffle ball game. Sure. Um, which, which is still, uh, I, I would say probably my favorite player of all time. So it wasn't necessarily a set. It was Ken Griffey Jr. Um, and basketball, in the '90s, I mean, that was Michael Jordan all day. Every of course, yeah. every kid who collected basketball during that time, it was Michael Jordan. So, with those two guys, do you, do you collect any of their cards still? Do you have you still have a, a King Griffey Jr. PC per se, or you know, or Jordan? I think everybody and their mother collects those two guys. So, I mean, but are, do you keep their cards? <laughs> so that's what makes it tough about collecting them because everyone and their mother collects them, and. Uh, um, especially Michael Jordan. Anything Jordan uh, carries a heavy price tag with it. Yeah. Um, and and Ken Griffey maybe not so much, but still it's it's pretty significant. Um, I I still do have a uh, a couple of uh, a Griffey items. Um, I, I'm also a huge uh, Eagles fan. Um, so I, I got some Carson Wentz pieces as well. Um, but but yeah, I would say Carson Wentz, Griffey, and Jordan. Um, just not too many Jordans right now. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little insider information from somebody who knows Ken Griffey Jr., who worked for the Seattle Mariners. Um, go for the red stuff because no one seems to care about the reds, Ken Griffey Jr., as much as they do uh, the the Seattle Mariners, or for that matter, the White Sox, Ken Griffey Jr. No one, no, like people forget that he played for the White Sox. So uh, those are two teams that are, that are out there that might not cause such a premium on on the uh, Junior Griffey. Uh, cards for you it's a it's a nice little piece that people kind of forget about you know absolutely and you know what the 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 crazy thing is is i love the uh the griffey mariner card especially if it's an autograph with the jersey piece with the um their turquoise yeah yeah in it they aqua oh my god that <laughs> that yeah the aqua that is awesome i love those sweet so you say you're a big eagles fan you guys are still yep. riding high off that super bowl win Going into this season, uh, you got a little quarterback trouble right now. How are you feeling about it? <laughs> uh, I, I have confidence, <laughs> and it didn't. I didn't sound very confident when I said that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I have I have confidence that uh, I, I, Wentz will be back. I think he'll play starting week three. Now I haven't kept up to date on it, but last I heard is he felt pretty good about being back week one but that's not that's not very confident to me so sure. I, I think he'll be back week three and they're confident in this nate sudfeld kid um and how he's been playing so we'll see how that pans out in the beginning of the season that's ridiculous just from a from a guy on the outside of things nate sudfeld's not going to get it done man I'm, I'm just, it's just not going to work <laughs> <laughs> so uh <laughs> we'll get back to breaking here we kind of kind of been all over the place yeah. uh you got you got a great name for your Facebook page. Uh, it's it clearly tells us who you are. But tell us about the people in your group. How how are again? There's so many Facebook groups out there that break. How are you adding people to the group? Because I know there's this like this unwritten code between you guys. Like you don't you don't go and purge your other people's 
members, right? So what are you doing to bring attention to yourself to bring new guys into your room? So, and, and that's a great question um, because, you know, I, it seems like at the very beginning you get a nice chunk of people that uh, spread the word to their friends by word of mouth. So, you know, when you're just getting started, you know, you got a, you got a group of guys and, uh, and let's say you got a case of a product, I don't know, maybe like a baseball product, and, uh, and you know, it's not quite filling as fast. Uh, they'll bring in their friends. They'll add their friends, and it starts to fill. And uh, uh, so the word of mouth is great when, you're, when starting out. But, but it seems like you hit a plateau at, at a certain point where, um, uh, you know, the word of mouth and, and adding friends uh, almost hits a peak. Sure. Um, I think at that point, you know, you you got to advertise yourself a little, um, which is, which is kind of um, – I'd say kind of, kind of different because I, I don't see a lot of a lot of specifically Facebook breakers um, advertising quite a bit, um, and and I know there's tons of them out there. Sure, uh, you know I, I just I don't see a lot of them doing that, um, and and I was I went to college and, and was in marketing, so obviously this is that's kind of uh, uh, my cup of tea, um, but uh, that's how I'm adding more and more members is, is via marketing or, or giveaways people who join the group you know that's that always helps to bring people in that that is a nice uh a nice little segue into what i wanted to ask you about next is that you have a free giveaway up right now in in your room it looks like you're giving away is that a zeke elliott autograph and a Raphael devers autograph is that right yeah yeah so that's to bring in new members um but actually in my group it's funny that you bring that up um i have a sitting right next to me here is a uh um replica full-size replica uh, Saquon Barkley autograph uh, Penn State helmet that I'll be giving away. Um, it's something I'm, I'm, I've, I've been trying to do more and more in the group is uh, for bigger release days, um, giving out some, some pretty awesome giveaways. Uh, last, it was last week or the week before, I gave away an uh, autographed Saquon Barkley uh, Penn State jersey too, um, which, was, which was a lot of fun. Um, so I'm trying to do a lot more giveaways to – to, to give back to the guys like, hey, you know, you might not get something in the break. Um, you know, it, it's, it's inevitable sometimes. Um, but you're going to get – you have a chance at a free giveaway. Yeah, that's – you know, not, every, not everybody have a, has a skunk policy and not everybody has a giveaway policy like this where you're at least trying to help them with something and they have a chance. So you're, what you're doing there is you know, you're giving back to the community, basically, that supports you, which is really good on yourself. Now, with that being said, sometimes, uh, sometimes that's, not, that's not quite enough to get people in, which you know, if you can get a free Barclay autograph, I don't know why you're not doing it. So are you using other means of social media too, like Instagram and Twitter and you know, I, I don't know, Pinterest to, to pull people into your group as well? So the Pinterest one is interesting. I haven't heard of that. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, most, mostly on those sites, um, you know, there's, there's apps now uh, sure. that you can use to basically cross-post to all different types of social platforms. Um, I'm mostly doing everything on Facebook, but I use a, a couple apps to post um, – Pictures of the of the the top hits from a break, okay, um, and, and using that and and yeah, that adds a, a few guys here and there, um, which which definitely helps. 
and your your organic battlefield breaks battlefieldboxbreaks.com is is that where you're really driving people to or is it your facebook page it's more the facebook page so the website is is newly launched um i would say over the past couple months um uh, the game plan is to uh, is to have uh, that as an outlet to break through as well, um, because it seems like a lot of guys uh, um, they stick to the outlet that they want to break in. So most Facebook break most Facebook uh, customers that buy on the Facebook breaks stay on Facebook. There's guys that do website breaks through through other uh, other breakers. They just want to break to the websites. Um, eBay break, eBay uh, breaks. When guys buy the eBay breaks, it seems like they just want to stay on eBay, and and there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's great that they have a uh, an outlet that they want to break through. Um, so I'm trying to take advantage of all the outlets. Um, so I'm starting to branch into uh, a website. So guys that want to buy through a website can do that. Um, so if they don't have a Facebook or they don't like the social aspect of the Facebook. Um, they can use the website, and I'm trying to do eBay as well. So, yeah, eBay isn't something else I wanted to ask you about. I've seen I see breakers post on eBay, and you know everybody knows how how folks get around it. Like you'll get an autograph business card and all the cards of this this team. Um, how yeah. how is breaking selling spots on eBay? Does that work for you? Uh, is it? I just I, I think it can get a little convoluted but maybe there's something i'm not understanding there so is this something that you work and is something something that works for you and that you like or is it kind of a necessity um i would say it's a necessity um i know there's guys there's breakers out there that just do straight ebay breaks and they are absolutely killing it they're doing a great job at it um and and that's all they do um ebay breaks uh they do work uh, it just takes certain nights um, where they, you know, where the auction ends, um, uh, that really, that really, you know, work out for me. Um, but I, so, and actually, to be honest, eBay is kind of embracing breaking now. Right. Um, if you post a break, they're really, uh, you, you know, it gives a pop-up. It's like, good news, eBay is, is you know, welcoming breaks or case breaks. Um, it gives you some details on the information. So I think you're, it's starting to move in the right direction in that aspect, where where now the website sees an opportunity for them and they're embracing it. That's that's scary a little bit because you know once eBay sees something that they can make money on, they're definitely going to do all they can to make money on it. So uh, seeing how that that's a new development to me. I don't I don't know how they're going to take that into the future and not you know take their 90 percent or whatever it is that they take you know some credit crazy <laughs> some kind of crazy fee. But I mean, it's it's it, the eBay break is interesting to me just because of like all the coordination that has to go into it. You, so you say, what say the auction ends? You sell all your teams in the auction. So do you go live immediately? Like say fifteen twenty minutes after the auction ends, or or is there a set date and time that you go live uh, after after the auction ends? So I, when I first started doing eBay breaks, I was doing it uh, usually half an hour, an hour um, after all the auctions ended. Um, but if you're doing a couple of them a night, um, it gets it gets really overwhelming between the between the auctions ending and then going live and breaking and then, and then breaking and breaking and breaking. Um, it gets a, it gets a little overwhelming. So um, I started actually scheduling most of them. Uh, most of my breaks will end uh, Friday or Saturday night. 
um, on eBay. And then in the in the description, I made sure to lay it out there at least three or four different times. They, hey, the auction ends, let's say, Saturday. The break will occur on Sunday at this time, and I made sure to put in the Pacific Standard Time and Eastern Standard Time um, so everyone, so it covers everyone. Um, I, I just feel like it's a lot easier, and, it, and I feel less rushed. Sure. Yeah, I would hate to feel rushed coming off a break like that. And then, you know, I know, I know you guys are like the work that goes into after the break that no one sees all the sorting, all the, all the packaging, all the, you know, shipping and everything. I mean, that's, that's a full-time job in and of itself. If you know, if you're, especially if you're breaking quantity. So being rushed to break something right after an auction ends would be kind of just an extra pressure that you don't really need. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Yep. So speaking of, uh, shipping and, and all that stuff. Um, like how do you guys, I'm, I've never asked a breaker this, so I'm asking, I'm asking you the first time, how do you guys just stay in stock with, uh, with say your one touches in your, in your, your, your team bags and your envelopes only like, is that something you buy in bulk all the time? So you can have it on hand already, or you just kind of go week to week, uh, what you might need. Yeah. So I buy that in bulk. Yeah. Um, I would assume so. Close down to the bottom is, is when I, when I'll end up reordering it, um, uh, you know, there's there's my standard uh, sizes that I keep on hand, um, and then I have a few few packages of you know the oddball sizes of, of top loaders and stuff. Um, but yeah, I keep everything on on hand in bulk. That I, you would almost have to, right? Just just like any 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 store, you would you would need to have that close by. I would hate to be the breaker that you know after a break realize, oh crap, I don't have any, you know, one eighties or, you know, whatever that's, that would be hell to run into. <laughs> no one wants that at <laughs> all. <laughs> and you know what, you know what, Absolutely. you know what would get me to is those, those oddball sized uh, booklets, you know, some of them are horizontal and some of them are square and uh, I'm sorry, I said horizontal and square. That doesn't make any sense. Some of them are, you know, <laughs> long, elongated and some of them are, are square and they, they fold out. They look like an actual book. Those those cases, I I just wouldn't think to have them on on hand, and then I'd I'd open a product, and there you have it. I have five of those booklets I have to ship now. Now what do I do? It's a uh, those those booklet cases can be can be hell sometimes. Oh, absolutely, absolute hell. All right, man. Uh, I told you I'd keep you about twenty minutes, and it's it's been about twenty minutes. But before you go, I want you to please give all my listeners where they can find you on social media and uh, your Facebook page, your website, everything they can find you, so they can come be a part of your breaks. Absolutely. So, uh, so guys, we are uh, we are Battlefield Box Breaks um, on on Facebook is mostly where we do our breaks. So, if you go to Facebook search link, um, search Battlefield Box Breaks, um, come up right away. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter as well. Same thing, Battlefield Box Breaks. And uh, coming soon, we're going to be having more breaks on our BattlefieldBoxBreaks.com website. Um, also you can find us on YouTube, same thing, battlefield box breaks. Um, thanks very much, Eric. I really appreciate having me on today and, uh, hope you have a good one. Hey man, I really appreciate you. Before you go, one last question. Is there something you're trying to fill right now that I can direct them to? Uh, like unparalleled just came out. Immaculate just came out. What are you, what are you breaking this week? Uh, so I have, um, uh, natural treasures, collegiate football. There you go. And, uh, origins football. All right, guys, go get behind that. Go get behind uh, Battlefield Box Breaks uh, on 
on Facebook. Just type it in your search bar. It'll pop up. Uh, hit the hit the visit group and the join group. He'll ask you a few questions, and you'll get in there and be able to have all the fun that you can breaking. Uh, man, I really appreciate it. You are welcome back anytime you want to come back, sir, okay? Thank you very much, Eric. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with me this week. And until next week, just keep listening to the Jericho. Virus control, I'm still mobile clone. With accurate mic control, I explode and break bones. Son of none crossing enemy zones. Through headphones, I push and fold to mission control. It's stories to be told. Code, decode these remotes. Broke down, but this behold. The illness from CO. Deep through the keyhole to see this one light. Leeches lurking in the darkness, won't leave living tonight. Punchline for fist fight, because they heads ain't fed right. How can you see my brother with no perspective of sight? Can't do good and live right. Kick snares and high hats, they be they get right. Here they give the blind sight. What? Me and my people just might tonight, alright? Me and my people just might.